Hi there. I'm Bob from Creation Station. This is Tech Talk Weekly, our weekly show where we talk about four interesting topics in the news, give you a fun library fact, and send you on your way in about 20 minutes. If you have a story you'd like to share with us, creationstation at Broward.org comes right to me. Today, I have Melissa from South Regional. How are you doing, Miss Melissa? Pretty good. How about you, Bob? Life is pretty good around here. Well, I'm I'm getting ready to move south. This cold snap coming is I'm fed up. I'm not putting up with this. No way. Be thankful you don't live in Colorado or someplace like that. The you know, I, I, oh, I, I volunteered a couple of my friends. I'm like, hey, come on over. I'm not actually going to be at my house for Christmas. Come on down and use the place. Um, yeah, it's going to be a mess. Oh, just craziness. So, Melissa, you're out. You're the head of youth services out at the South Regional Library. You've been there for a while now, right? I have been there since 1990. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's just great stuff out there going on. You guys, oh, you know what? Never mind. We're going to talk about that at the end of the show. I want to hear what you guys are have cooking up here at the end i want to show this really cool story because i i just think this is hilarious um so shipping stuff all this is in europe this isn't in the united states yet but shipping stuff all over with no pilots this is great isn't it well, it's, it, there's, 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 there can be different opinions on that. It does say no pilots on board. So I'm assuming someone is flying the aircraft remotely. But it sort of seems to me that you can only fly the aircraft remotely as long as you have a good solid connection with that aircraft. And what happens if you don't? Yep. So what effectively this is, is it's a large drone and instead of filling it up with military stuff or with armaments or anything, it uses a slightly modified little shipping containers like the ones they use on the big jets and they would load this up and put it into and send it off. I found this really interesting because, yeah, just like you, I was like, wait a minute, no pilots, wait a minute. And I'm like, oh, oh wait a minute, we don't have pilots in the drones as it is and they're all up there buzzing all over the globe in all these other areas, not here in the Western world, but they're buzzing all over the other places. So maybe these guys have a have a solid plan for this. I was surprised 700 small uh, airports that they can use. They're just landing strips out there in Europe that they could fit up into there. So doing almost all of Europe within range of each other with these drones is just crazy. It's really surprising, though, in the US, how many small airstrips there are. If you start looking online and, you know, say, show me, showing me all these small, you know, not private airstrips, but they almost are like at the back of some farmer's field somewhere. Yeah. But they will show up. They're called uncontrolled airports. We don't have any of those in Broward. Have, they don't have a tower. Yeah, we don't have any of those things in Broward, but we do have for those of those people living here in South Florida, uh, we tend to think of Broward County as Fort Lauderdale Airport, which is the big, massive international airport uh, right on the coast. But there's actually four other airports in the county that you could use, including one for the Goodyear blimp. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is something that that really struck me. But like, yeah, this sounds like a crazy. Wait a minute. Maybe it's not a crazy idea. Hmm. I'm not sure. 
it kind of caught my attention because South Regional Library is literally located right next to one of those smaller yep. airports in Broward County. We're right next to Perry Airport. Yeah. And yeah. I'm thinking to myself, we have enough planes flying overhead. And if if you lose control of a drone and it drops out of the sky, oh well. You know, it mm -hmm. might do a small amount of damage. If you lose control of a large you know, a, even a small aircraft, yeah, like, yeah, like a little private airplane or something, and it comes down. No, that's not a small thing. And oh. how do you make sure that you don't lose contact with the aircraft that you're remote piloting? It's it's an interesting question. Yeah, it, it, this is going to be an interesting. This and this is again. It, we always try to do this on the show. These are things that are real. This is not like, oh, sometime in the future they're going to be doing this. They're launching this thing in the spring. Here in in January or February of 2023, this thing's going to be flying around Europe doing this. Um, I did have the airstrips on. It's 3,000 airstrips. It was 700 just in the one country. So, yeah, there's a lot of places that they can get into to do this. Um, ben, our next story is one of those... Oh, this was awful. This was just awful. And, and I find it's weird because one of my problems with these stories. So let's get the headline out of the way. So the, a Roomba is going around the house and it's doing its thing and it's got cameras built in because this is one of the more advanced Roombas. And it's recording the stuff that it sees so it can use the AI to detect where I'm supposed to avoid and do this kind of stuff. And some of the screenshots ended up being shared by people. So they're blurred out like this one right here of someone sitting on a toilet. Um, they're not naked. Don't worry, we're going to show <laughs> And that's the only picture. And their faces blocked out and everything. I found it interesting that they're blaming iRobot, Roomba, the company that makes Roombas, iRobot, for this one. And a lot of these stories get that same way. When it's the company... Is Roomba's not the one responsible for this. It's the company that's processing the data, and some of their workers are sharing these files on their own private Discord to like, oh, look what I found kind of thing. And the moral of the story is read those privacy agreements before you turn on your anything yeah. that has a camera or a microphone. <laughs> Yep, 100%. And oh, by the way, that's exactly what this was. On the Roomba side of things, you had to agree to use this special one in your house because this isn't sold to the public. This is an experimental version that you get chosen if you want to use it, and then you're subject to these extra things, and they give you all these new agreements. But yeah, I really would like the press, especially the technology press like this, to go out there after this company that released the pictures. It's not Roomba that did that. Let's let's go after this, this these corporation that went out there and did this. Scale AI is the name of him, and find out what the heck are they doing? What's where's their privacy? Where's their you know employee controls kind of thing for what's happening? Well, that's just it. They appear to be only using contract workers. So yeah. the company then turns around and blames, oh, it's just a rogue contract worker. We've terminated that contract. And so that's all taken care of. Well, that's what controls do you plan to put in place 
so that another contract worker doesn't do the same thing or something even worse. Exactly. And, and that is one of my concerns about all the, whenever these things happen is I want to make sure why I want to know the why I don't, I'm, I'm not so into the flashy headline of which company, because I mean, you can pick a company and pick a huge dollar amount for just about every tech company out there nowadays. I want to know what, what's, what, what was the next step, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to, I'm curious. I know there's no hope of seeing a follow-up article about that about let's say an article exactly about scale AI and all the different companies they've done work for and all the things like that. I just wish but nobody's going to care about an article about scale AI because they're just some background company doing stuff. And they're apparently using that footage or those images as an AI training tool. Yep. Yeah. You know, to train the artificial intelligence that is that they're increasingly putting into Roombas and other robots. Yeah, all these devices, yeah. Help yep. them to recognize that's not a wall, that's a chair, that's not a chair, that's a table, that's not a table, that's a shelf. Yeah. And on the one hand, I can see why it would be important for a vacuum cleaning robot to know that. On the other hand, I think I'll stick with my regular vacuum cleaner that <laughs> doesn't know anything yeah. and it's very stupid. Yeah, um, it's, we've got the the Temi robot that we use in libraries right now, and that's got uh, the same kind of uh, camera uh, scram technology, as it's called, to do this. But we have it set up so it doesn't capture faces. It doesn't collect any data. Nothing ever gets onto the device in the first place, let alone gets sent off to someone else to be examined. It's not there. Just set it up the correct way and you don't have to worry about it, which your regular Roomba is set up that way too. You don't have your regular Roomba doesn't have cameras on them. Something happier, something fun, something different. Um, Meta, Microsoft, AWS, and TomTom. TomTom uh, Tom is a big uh, company in Europe, in the EU. Did you know that there could be maps that weren't Google Maps? When's the last time you used a map, Melissa, that wasn't Google Maps? Wow, it's been a while. I mean, I remember MapQuest. I'm that old. Yep, yep. <laughs> but, um, oh, I still have some MapQuest images saved on my files for my mileage request that I had to do for the county. Because Google Maps wouldn't give me the correct information on the screen, but MapQuest and Bing Maps does. Yeah, I'm old school enough that I still keep a few paper maps in my car, just in case I'm, you know, when, when I'm traveling, just in case my phone doesn't get a signal and I don't yeah. have Google Maps, um, you know, it's it's better to know where you are. Although I have to say that I'm so used to being able now to drill down and see, you know, the larger and larger images and a paper map doesn't do that. And I find it irritating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just pinch and zoom on the paper. I know it's weird. Um, so what this is, what's, what we're talking about here, folks, is, and by the way, as always, all the links are in the show notes for you. So you can go and find and go to this. Overture Maps Foundation is basically a big group of many other large tech companies that are out there trying to design a new mapping network that will not be reliant upon Google Maps and won't be based on top of it. 
So you'll be able to go into any community, any place in the world, use the same kind of functionality that you're getting right now out of Google Maps, but it would be a more open source, more uh, freely available thing that you could use without having to sign into a Google account or have them tracking you uh, through Google to do that. I wonder how well that's, I mean, how well will people actually take that? Um, because uh, here's a, a, a an example of what happened to TomTom, which was a huge mapping company after Google Maps really took off in 2008. And you can see how much of a market share they have now. So, well, yeah. There was a mapping company in Fort Lauderdale that had, you know, did amazing mapping work in the pre-internet days. Remember Dolphin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they don't yeah. have I used to, I worked in Walden Books and sold all their maps. Yeah. 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 That is, that is a crazy thing. I don't think we're going all the way back to paper maps, but it'll be really good if they can put together a good competition for this to, to put something else out there. I wonder, I, I'm kind of curious on why and where they're going to get the basic information. I guess Microsoft Bing Maps is, you know, is where they're going to start from, but it'll be interesting to see where they build all their other stuff that they go into. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's always good to have more than one source for anything. Just like yes. you know, even today when you search um, using Edge's um, system rather than Google, you get different results. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Turn up differently on different search engines. That's why I use DuckDuckGo all the time. The block oh, yes. the trackers, the block all those things. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm waving them to finally come out with their browser. I love this. I, I use their browser on the phone. Yeah, it's really good. It's really helpful. We have one last story today. At this one, man. So, a woman went to a Christmas show at Madison Square Garden and was stopped by security at the event and told she was not allowed to come into the event based on the facial recognition scans as she walked through the door because they had her flagged for working in a location that they didn't like. And it wasn't like she was doing anything morally questionable. She's she a lawyer. <laughs> a company that was actually, um, you know, had a case against the not even not even Radio City, but the holding company for Radio City. It's just um, craziness. And yeah, so, so. The, yeah, this, this is this brings up the idea of you're a private company. You could you can potentially reserve the right to only allow certain people into your facility because you're a private company. However, I don't think that this one falls under that category. You know, it, it's. It seems to me like the lawyer may have a legal case. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, and, it's interesting because it kind of ties back a little bit with the um, with the Roomba thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, one of the things they were talking about that some of these not 
not necessarily iRobot, but there are many other vac auto vacuum cleaner companies that are pushing facial recognition, putting facial recognition software on their on their robots, mm -hmm. and their customers don't know it's there. Yeah. Um, I think it was one called Dreams. I don't have the article up in front of me right now, but that was producing robots like this. And you know, the two of the biggest stories that we're talking about today have to do with facial recognition software. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, doesn't it's, it feel weird though? Doesn't I mean it's it's the idea of could you exclude this person without the facial recognition? If you checked IDs at the door and you excluded them, it would be the same thing. It's if just making it faster and board, easier. Yeah. Somebody having a list with that person's name on yep. it and actually yeah. paying attention and it allows for human error. Yeah. But yeah. they apparently feel that the facial, facial recognition software is, no, well, it's just software. It just does the job it's programmed to do. You know, nobody's actually feeling badly about this. It's just that our computer says you can't come in here today. Yeah. And that's not. We all know that that's not the way it works. Um, LinkedIn story to this on this story here for the man who sues after getting falsely arrested because of facial recognition, not even closely matching. If you actually look oh, at the person, like anything alike. I know. Um, and uh, by the way, in the weird ending of "Are you cheering for lawyers or not?" Um, now Madison Square Garden's being sued because they have a liquor license, and in New York, that means you have to let the public in. And if you're going to exclude members of the public, that means you're a private institution. And now the whole liquor license mess. And like you said, don't sue lawyers. <laughs> Just there's got if you're getting sued by a by a legal company, you still should let them into your concert, right? Doesn't that just seem logical? Just seem, I mean, I can picture someone say, oh, I'm not going to let this person in, but it doesn't feel right. And, and in the, to add to the perfect storm of bad publicity, yeah. she was escorting a group of Girl Scouts. I mean, you Christmas want to talk thing. of no Girl Scout cookies for anybody in that organization. Oh, there you go. Yeah. We're not going to allow anyone who works for Madison Square Garden to buy Christmas cookies or Girl Scout cookies. That would be a. But yeah, I mean, this was yeah. not well thought through. No. You know, and whoever was handling it in the moment was not looking at the possible optics of what they were doing. And I'm sure that that those people's lawyers are clutching their heads at this point and saying, what were you thinking? Yeah, this is this is a crazy thing. Uh, there is obviously with the whole facial, the stories that we came out with this week, I went and found uh, a good one that just finished a, a series called What's in a Face from Ted Radio Hour. And uh, it's four, uh, listens four listens the entire thing is under an hour and it's really goes into what is it like what are businesses doing with facial recognition what how does a how does all that impact in popular culture and in what we're actually doing and what's being used for so it's a really nice listen we'll put a link to that in the show notes for you so you can go find out um get an idea of some of that other stuff that's out there Thank you so much, Miss Melissa, for being here. Tell me what's going on out at South Regional that, coming up here. Well, coming up, not at South Regional, unfortunately, 
but um, Southwest Regional is going to be hosting the um, Artlet event. That's going to come up in February. Yeah, and, that'll be great. Yeah, it's actually going to be a joint effort between South Regional and Southwest Regional. Um, a lot of the work and a lot of the planning is being done at South, and the venue that's hosting it will be Southwest Regional. Um, so it's it's a cool collaborative program between the two large regional libraries yeah. in the south part of the county, and we're looking forward to it. that's coming up February fourth. It's going to feature chalk art. It's going to feature um, programs. The whole um, day is based around Colombian culture, yeah. and um, there's going to be food samples. There's going to be music. There's going to be crafts and activities and performers and shows and. You name I'm it. Be there yeah. with the virtual reality so we can cruise around inside of Columbia and walk up and down the streets. Yeah, and that's really it's going to be a great event. Yeah. And we're looking we're, that's that's what we're mostly focusing on right now. Um of course we're doing all of our usual regular programming starting up again in January. We have a slight break this weekend next. Um Everybody just, deserves just, a break. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, right. So no, I mean, when does story time pick up again for you guys? Showing up for programs because it's going to be too cold to go outside. <laughs> Man, I'm dying. Yeah. When does, <laughs> when does your story time break end? Um, it ends the second um, week of January. So the so, so yeah, there'll be a good time for everybody. Seventh will be our first. No, the eighth. Trust, trust me, if you have not ever done this, there are people who go around the county to visit various youth. Departments to visit different story times and see how the different people do them. And it's a lot of fun. If you have young kids in Broward, try it out. It's, it's a really cool thing. Because not only does it let you see different story times, it lets you um, visit different communities and, in Broward and see different libraries. And I mean, we have so many beautiful library buildings in Broward County. That was one of the things that struck me when I moved here in 1990 was that, wow, the libraries in Broward were beautiful, starting with, of course, with the main library. Um, 40 we, years next week. Beautiful buildings. We have a lot of really cool communities. You want to go to a cool library? Um, Hollywood Beach, which, honest to goodness, go to the library and then go spend <laughs> some time on the beach because that is literally on the beach. And we've got some beautiful places out there, folks. Let's throw up our final slide here. If there is a library or librarian you want to see featured on the show, let us know. Creation Station at Broward.org comes right to me. We'll see everybody next week. Have a great time.